What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. Two episodes this week. John, this is our normal episode. Uh, I talked to Robert yesterday about Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder for people who want to listen to that. Uh, but we're going to talk mostly wrestling tonight. What's going on? Oh, just living the dream, man. How are you? Good. Living the dream. The yeah. the, the, the three kids, the uh-huh. house, the car, the, Amer- the American dream. <laughs> That's what you want to call it, sure. <laughs> Which kind of... Uh, Cody Cody definitely was living the American dream. Yes, he on, was. Uh, on definitely. Dynamite this week. Yes, he was. He was in a very big happy place. And good for him. It was a lot of fun to watch. All right, so... Uh, this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. We'll talk a little bit more about BetOnline in a little bit. Um, as I mentioned, I did a show yesterday with uh, Robert Silva, so that is up there. We're talking boxing exclusively. We're talking Wilder versus Fury. We give our predictions. There will also be a piece uh, that the crew has has written up, their predictions piece that should be up on Fight Game Media uh, sometime shortly after you listen to this or maybe before you listen to this. Um, and then uh, Robert also, uh, he's writing up a, a new series of, of the greatest boxers in, in history, and he's covering the super featherweights. That piece is up right now as well. So a lot of boxing stuff for, for you big boxing fans. Uh, because of that, we won't talk about the fight here, but, uh, but yeah, it's a pretty good podcast. Robert is one of kind of the undiscovered boxing historians. Like that guy, if he had a little bit more of a... Um, a, a website or his own podcast or something. I think, I think people would would uh, understand how just how smart he is about the stuff. But that's why I have him on because, you know, I I really enjoy him and he he does a really good job with with the articles and and he's just such a knowledgeable guy. So go ahead and listen to that. Um, also, John and I uh, recently finished our second. We Want Flair series uh, of this year in 2020, where we went over the second Tatsumi Fujinami match and uh, just kind of went over the whole end of Flair's uh, stay in in WCW uh, through summer of 91. That whole thing, I put all of the three segments together on and put it on YouTube. So if you want to go to YouTube, check out uh, the YouTube account. I think, what is the YouTube account? The YouTube account is probably under um, Fight Game Media as well. I can double check. YouTube, uh, they, actually, I think if you search for uh, Fight Game Media, you can find it. Uh, the, the, the YouTube URLs aren't exactly, there are a bunch of numbers and letters, but you should be able to find that. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, if you, if you did not listen to the weekly segments that John and I did, I did put that together nicely in like one YouTube video that, uh, that you can check out. Um, and then another, the last thing I want to point out on the website is um, the piece by Justin Nipper on a Ric Flair match from 1987 in All Japan Wrestling against uh, Hiroshi Wajima. Have you, had you ever seen that match before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's amazing. Just amazing. If you want to watch a match where Ric Flair is at his very best carrying someone who's not in his league but making that guy look like a superstar, making him look like he's going to win the championship. He was a superstar in Japan, but as a worker in a ring, he wasn't the very best. But uh, Ric Flair did a great job of highlighting his strengths and hiding his weaknesses, and they had a, a really good match. 
Yeah, so Justin goes into the history of what was going on at that time, and uh, there's a there's the the YouTube video of the match itself as well, and just a fun piece, and it's kind of like a, a supplementary piece to to the We Want Flair series. You know, he he's he 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 kind of you know was in a little bit of a Ric Flair mode, uh, and then decided to write about that, and it was awesome because I mean I knew that. You know, I knew of the match, but I didn't know too much about it, and I still haven't watched it. And I want to watch it because the way that he describes Flair, I mean, he just, you know, he's sort of like, you know, you, you've heard about this old adage of of Ric Flair carrying a broomstick, you know, wrestling a broomstick like that, like that's, you know, that that's almost what he had to do here. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, so so that's just you know the website, and, and you know check it out, fightgamemedia.com, and also you know we would uh, be very thankful if you rate this podcast on uh, on Apple Podcast as uh, as five stars. That's and, and subscribe. That's how we kind of get you know, we get you get more people listening. I, I did I do I do know that uh, a statistic for this show is that something like sixty percent of the people who listen to it listen to it through Apple Podcasts. So Apple. You guys are so smart to to do what you have done. Uh, you, you know they they they've got the market share there. Um, okay, so kind of what are we going to talk about today? So the boxing stuff is out there already. We don't really have to go over that again, though. I will be doing a follow up podcast, uh, not on this show, but on the uh, Wrestling Observer Radio with Big Dave. I believe Saturday night after the fight, we will uh, record. And so, if you want to hear our thoughts on the fight, go to uh, the wrestlingobserver.com and, and you'll hear me. Uh, and uh, and yeah, so what we're going to do here tonight is we'll talk a little bit about some of the latest WrestleMania matches that were announced, or not even announced, but that are rumored, heavily rumored. We'll talk about TakeOver, and, and the question I want to pose to John, and, and we'll sit on this, he can think about this as I talk, we don't have to answer this right now, but... Was that the best WWE wrestling show that you've ever seen? Then we'll also talk about the uh, Wednesday Night War, and that's and that's how we'll we'll, we'll go through that, and and uh, and that'll be it basically. Um, so no, we want Flair segment this week. We'll come back in two weeks, and we will kick off Ric Flair versus Lex Luger, Starcade nineteen eighty eight. So that's our next one for March. Okay. Let's talk about some rumored WrestleMania matches. I think most people believe uh, that one of these matches is more than likely a done deal, and that is AJ Styles and The Undertaker. What is your thoughts on this match as uh, as one of the marquee matches for what is uh, WrestleMania 36? I guess they're probably marketing the Phenom versus the Phenomenal one, right? That's probably going to be the tagline of that match. Uh, that's how I would do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, I think it's a great match, uh, a good match for The Undertaker, uh, working with a guy like AJ who is tremendous in the ring, who will you know, really make, you know, Undertaker in the last few years has been very limited with his injuries, and we've seen some, I think I won't, I mean, he gives his best that he can, but you can tell, like, it just, you know, he's very, very limited. I think the best match he had was that tag match with Roman Reigns, but that was because Roman Reigns, I think, did most of that work in that match, you know. So, um, 
I think it's a good opponent for him. Like I said, I think it's it's someone that he can get in there. He can look good with. AJ's going to work his butt off to make this match, you know, work. And and I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I would still keep it short, though. I still keep it uh, 12 to 15 minutes. What? Here's my... I, Which, I think there are tons of positives with this match. And if you're AJ Styles, this is why you came to the WWE. In in addition to the money, like he he got paid a, a lot, you know he he I'm sure he's wanted to come to WWE for his entire career, but this is one of the reasons because you are now put in a marquee match at WrestleMania. The entire wrestling world is watching. You're with one of the iconic characters in the history of the business, and look, you know you are there to to make sure that this thing goes off without a hitch. The Undertaker is not there to make sure that this is a good match. He's there to be the Undertaker. I get that piece. I completely understand it. Good for AJ. Good for Undertaker. The selfish wrestling fan in me wishes that they had a an opponent for AJ who could really go and they could have this like classic twenty two and a half minute match that you know when when it's done, people are going like, was that the greatest WrestleMania match ever? Like that's that's kind of me at this point where I'm like, oh, I really want to see AJ like have that Okada match, you know. And, and but but a lot of times, like you know, whatever WrestleMania is today, like they're not necessarily looking to always have those classics. They're looking to have marquee matches. They're looking to have matches that draw to get people, you know, really psyched up. And I think this is that match, and this is probably that match for AJ as far as like what's the biggest match in your entire career uh, on the biggest stage like I'm you know I'm sure there's other matches that he would say were were really big but you know th- this one is that that's a really huge match but I do you know we I thought I think we thought we had it a few years ago with Nakamura and that match wasn't that great um but I'm still like I just I just selfishly want that special like this is going to be the best match on the on the show, WrestleMania match for AJ, and I don't think we've actually got it yet for him. Yeah, no, I I I think this might be it, it though. Honestly, I think this is going to be this is going to surprise a lot of people. I know, like I, I said, talked about Undertaker being very limited because of his injuries and whatnot, but. I think they can pull it off. I think they could pull off a great match. They're going to be some smoke and mirrors. They're going to be, uh, I'm sure Carl Anderson is going to be out there. Luke Gallo is going to be out there. So they'll, they'll kind of pop in and out and get probably bipped off the apron and, you know, and add some fun to it. But, uh, I, you know, AJ is such a great worker and this is the biggest match of his career, the biggest money match of his career by far, I would think. And I think he's going to put his best foot forward for Mark Calloway and go out there and cement his uh, his you know legacy in the WWE run with a great mm-hmm. match with the Undertaker. I, I think this is uh, this is going to be. I think he's going to go out there for a Hall of Fame caliber performance. This is a, this is a real big deal for him. And and and, 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 you, and you know Undertaker as. You know, he had bad matches with Roman Reigns. He was too early coming back. He, you know, uh, Goldberg in Saudi Arabia wasn't wasn't that great of a match. The tag match with DX wasn't that great. But mm-hmm. like, you know, you, we know him like his work ethic, and he wants to have these great matches still, and he wants to do his best as he can. So I think he also has a lot to prove because I'm sure he's not happy with those performances. And now he sees an opportunity here with a guy like AJ, and I and I think. 
I think it's I'm I'm excited. This is fresh and new and it's different. So I'm all for that for especially for WrestleMania. So I'm trying to think of when's the last really good match that the Undertaker has had. And I, I wanna say it was some matches with Brock where they were playing off of the uh, WrestleMania 30 program. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did like those matches a lot. If you want to go back to WrestleMania, are we talking CM Punk maybe? Uh, was that, that was, that was, that was after edge obviously. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause, cause you had, cause I mean, he, had, I mean, he had a historical run, right? He had 23, Let's see if I can even do this off the top of my head. 23 with Batista, mm-hmm. 24 oh, with yeah. Edge, 25 with Michaels, 26 with Michaels, 27 and 28 with Triple H, and then 29 with Punk, and then 30, obviously, with Brock, which wasn't that good of a match, but it was like the, the most shocking match of all of them. And so I think I think we're really talking about from Russell from a WrestleMania perspective. You know, it, it's been a good, it'll be a good eight years since he's had like that really high top notch uh, classical match. I, I mean, in AJ, if someone's going to get out, get it out of him, I think AJ is a good choice. I just I just wonder what's what's left with uh, with The Undertaker. I, I mean, I, I, he's not facing someone who's big and who's going to like put him into big moves where he could possibly get hurt i'm sure it's going to be a lot of uh what stone cold steve austin would say is selling on the run he said the undertaker was so tall and so big that when you actually got offense on him he would sort of sell and move and you had Mm -hmm. to kind of keep up with him because you know because he didn't want to just sell and go down and get back up and go down and get back up he was selling on the move and i think we're going to see a lot of that in in that match so i'm not down on it Though, I do wonder what he's got left. And and again, you know, selfishly, you know, I, I want to see him face Samoa Joe or, you know, someone like that where I know that it'll be like a, you know, a really good match. But look, you know, this is why he's he's in the WWE. AJ is one of those guys now who you call on for those moments. You know, there's no John Cena, right? Well, John Cena will probably be on the show, but he's not he's not your main guy anymore. You know, Rock is not there day to day. All the classic guys you can think of, uh, you know, maybe Seth Rollins is that guy, though I don't think he's as consistent per- performance-wise as AJ. And I think AJ is the kind of guy you, you know, you, you go, you know, he's like the uh, reliable closer in a baseball game. It's like who's going to get these last three outs? You know what? For Vince McMahon, it's AJ Styles. Yeah, no, I agree. What I'm saying, that's why. That's what I'm looking forward to. I always like matches that have challenges and and. Uh, there's a weakness that you must protect from one individual to have a great match. Like we talked about with the uh, Ric Flair, Hiroshi, uh, Wajima match, right? It's, mm-hmm. I mean, perfect example of that. I like I like matches at like that. That to me, that's the true art of professional wrestling. When you can get when there's a guy who's a superior worker working with someone who's less not not up to his standards, but they still go out there and have a great match. And I look forward to seeing that challenge. And I think I think AJ and Undertaker will will step up to the plate. And I think they'll hit a home run. I really do. 
So the other match that was announced, at least on Wrestling Observer Radio, it was announced, was John Cena and Elias having some sort of, whether it's a match, I mean, it wasn't 100% clear. It sounds like it's a match, but it, you know, the last couple years, they've done stuff at WrestleMania. Um, I think last year was just, uh, he came out and, and they did a little bit of a talking segment before Cena beat him up. Uh, I think Cena came back as... Uh, as the old uh, thugonomics John Cena. But using John Cena in 2020 with the long list of wrestlers that they have on that roster, I get why they use Elias because Elias is fairly dependable when it comes to getting heat. He can always do that. He can always get the crowd to react to him. But as a match in of itself, Elias is not the guy that I would necessarily put in a match against someone like John Cena, who you know hasn't been in the ring in a while. Uh, what did you think of uh, the sort of the the rumor of this match? A bit confused because isn't Elias a babyface on SmackDown? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't watch SmackDown on a consistent basis, but I, I you know from the results, I know he. He's been feuding with Cesaro of you know, pe- you know, and and what Sami Zayn and those kind of in that in that group. So I just don't see how it fits. But I mean, they have a plan for something. I, you know, it's just a little, a little crouton on the salad. You know, even you know, you know, John Cena's a big star. Maybe he's gonna do some kind of a quick little segment because you know, you know, like The Rock, he has that deal where you know he can't get hurt and has movies coming up and whatnot. So I think he could do like some limited physical stuff. I don't know about a full blow. Is it a full blow match or is it a segment? Yeah, we don't know that, yet. We don't know yet, but it sounds like uh, everything that I've seen from Cena, he's made it very clear that he is available. So what that means and what they exactly do is, uh, you know, we'll see. But I, th- I, th- I mean, I think it's probably for at least some sort of match. Um, and, you know, the other thing, I don't know how much of the um, WrestleMania the news out of uh, WrestleMania coming to Los Angeles next year that that you kind of caught, but there seems to be a lot of, I, I guess I would say, saving for next year. She, uh, Stephanie McMahon mentioned Ronda Rousey. Obviously, Ronda Rousey, that's her area. That's her town, right? Um, Roman Reigns talked about The Rock. Rock, big movie star, Hollywood, WrestleMania, Hollywood. That's what they're calling it, even though it's really WrestleMania Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I don't know if this WrestleMania is is sort of like, you know, let's get some newer folks over. But next year is really the one where we're going to kind of like really try to build it up as, as, as this gigantic show with, you know, Ronda Rousey and The Rock. And obviously Austin lives in Los Angeles. Um, I imagine he's going to be there. Hogan, you know, is always, you know, always related to sort of Los Angeles, Venice Beach, California. So it does seem, and I'm sure some of those people will be a part of this show too. I can imagine, you know, Hogan or Austin or or whatever. But it does seem a little bit like this this WrestleMania Tampa show is more a um, a different kind of like it's it doesn't feel necessarily like WrestleMania. WrestleMania, it feels to me like the beginning of a lot of programs rather than a culmination of, you know, paying off main events, right? Because Drew and Brock have never faced each other before. And that's like a new match. 
um, the Fiend and Roman Reigns, if that's the the match, it sounds like it is. They've never faced each other. This is a new match. Charlotte and 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 uh, Rhea, new match. So to me, it's like WrestleMania, uh, uh, you know, is usually or sometimes uh, they they, fl- they kind of go back and forth, but. It used to be like this culmination of a of a program of a storyline. Let's pay this thing off now. And this year, it seems like it's just the beginning of a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like maybe you know Diesel Sean from their first encounter that that show. You know, like Mace, like you said, yeah, it's time that they they have to start featuring new acts. You know, going forward, you know, the Shaynas, the Rhea Ripley's, um, I guess the Fiend, his character. And, you know, and now including NXT people, you know, because, you know, things got to freshen things up and it, it's it's time they do that. And and, they, you know, they still have them, you know, Undertaker on a show, which is going to you know get a reaction. He's still got a, a Randy Orton versus Edge match, mm-hmm, you know, that's mm-hmm. going to, you know, but, but and but in between then, you know, they had, let's just put a guy like Drew over and go with him and see if he can catch fire and and um, you know Shayna make her a, a featured player in the women's division and and Rhea give her her moment to step up. So I mean, it's only a positive for the company. And I, I, I I'm digging this WrestleMania because you know personally, I'm looking forward to seeing Becky and Shayna and and Rhea and Charlotte and. And all the fresh matches. So, I mean, to me, that makes it exciting. Sometimes, like, yeah, it's great to be feud enders and and culmination of, like you said, the grudge matches they're building. But every once in a while, it's, like, fun to kind of, like, give us these fresh matches that we don't see every week and we're finally getting it at WrestleMania. To me, it just makes those matches even bigger. So, I, I'm okay with it because, you know, I'm in, right? I, I, I have the WWE Network. I'm going to watch anyways. And I do like the idea of a Drew McIntyre, of a Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley being on this stage for the first time. Um, but I, I could, I, I could definitely see the sort of the mainstream public, the casual fan. This, this is probably on the lower end of recent WrestleManias when it comes to that audience, just because of the fact that they're not really going to the to to the old you know to the old stars and bringing in those guys they're trying to create new stars which to some extent is a force it's forced on upon them because they've done a bad job at that recently and now is, is a good opportunity but um i do wonder you know from a mainstream uh perspective if this is going to be down on that end. And look, I don't really care about that as much. Uh, I do care from like a business perspective. I obviously, I want to see WWE do well, but from a viewing perspective, I think it's going to be different and fresh and and I'm fine with it. But, you know, I, it's, it's, I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, this WrestleMania doesn't do that great as far as awareness and, and gate and, and network buys and stuff. And Vince, blames Tampa and decides to never go back again. But, you know, I, I do think that from, from what you said, it'll it'll be different and it'll be interesting. And of course, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think some of these matchups are fresh. We've never seen these matches before. I think, too, like WrestleMania is the only show um, in, during the year that people that stopped watching still kind of maybe tune in, right? Because WrestleMania. So... Maybe this is a you know, this is a good way for them to hey let's check out WrestleMania and who's on the show and who's this guy who's this gal, but then maybe they catch on with them and maybe they continue to watch every Monday and Fridays and whatnot. So, you know you gotta you gotta 
you got to build somewhere and you got to see who's, you know, who's going to catch on fire. And I hope they do. I hope they do. Cause like, you know, the business is always good when WWE is doing good. So le- before we move on to talk about TakeOver, and, and again, we're not going to go through the, you know, you've heard people who've listened or listening to this have heard every TakeOver take that is possible. But uh, I do want to talk a little bit about it because I thought it was such a great show. But um, before we go there, what did you, if, if you saw it, what did you think of the Shayna Becky segment from this week? I th- <laughs> um I it was it was it was good. I liked the promo. I liked uh this this the swearing was was interesting to me because but I think you know Paul really, Heyman really wants to go to more of that PG-13 route and and you know it's uh competition breeds fire we talked about you know AEW's being a little risque with the f- language and you know the on blood. Raw and the blood and 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 and, and Heyman you know wants to do that with Raw. I think Raw's a perfect TV show for that, and also makes it different than SmackDown. Um, I liked I liked Shannon's promo. I thought it was really good. I liked how um, you know she's a classic heel. She really is, and I liked how they booked the segment. And I'm sure people wanted maybe something bigger to happen, but what a great heel! That because she's such a badass, right? And she mm-hmm. talks the big game, and she's gonna she's gonna, she's gonna rip Becky apart, but she's doing it from a. Of, of, you know, behind a microphone on a camera, supposedly in a different location, right? Like, just like, what a heel, you know? That's, you know, the heel still showing some, some, uh, some chinks in her armor a little bit. I don't know. I, I really liked it. And uh, she, you know, she has great delivery. Um, I just don't think it's funny because, you know, I, I, you know, Chloe every once in a while I have her watch a Shayna match. But this is NXT, but now, like, I don't know if I can ever watch Shayna on, on Raw. She's biting girls in the neck and she's saying the SHIT word, you know? So, yeah, yeah, it's funny. It was just, it was just, but, you know, I'm happy for her because uh, it's a big moment for her, big match. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that at WrestleMania. <laughs> the way that I looked at it was. Obviously, Becky is one of their top stars. And, you know, you and I had this conversation uh, last year after WrestleMania about whether or not uh, Becky was able to step into to that role as, you know, whatever the top star, whatever whatever you want to say. Um, and, and look, I don't, I don't think that she is the next coming of of uh, Steve Austin. Obviously, you know, that that's a that's a really big shadow there. But there, she definitely walks around like she is the top star, and I really love that about her. She she even had a comment the other day about saying how you know she she believes that she deserves to be the highest paid wrestler in the whole company. And I, I mean, I'm not exactly sure where that came from, but I was like, you know what, you know, the way that you are booked, and you know, the way that 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 your segments are, and and how you know, how your stuff works. Like, yeah, like, I, I think she should have that confidence. And and I really like that about her. Now, this segment, she was kind of going on and on and on in her promo. She did not sell the biting from the week before, which whatever, you know, maybe she, she had the bandaid, right? Then she had something on her neck or I, I mean, I couldn't see it, but maybe she did. Um, and 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 she you know she does have she it's at least it seems like from from my you know my cr- critic view that she has probably maybe a little bit more freedom with some of her stuff maybe i could be wrong about that but um i thought shana was almost too precise with her promo like shana delivered it well 
and you know she's she's on the on the big big scene now this is their top show there's there's some pressure on her which i'm sure she she really like embraces but i thought her promo was a little too calculated and a little too perfect the way that she repeated it and so it was a little bit too produced for me but you know from the perspective of Shayna hasn't done this on WWE TV all that that many times. I thought her delivery was was really good. I just it just felt a little too produced and and not organic enough to me. But that's kind of the game. And and uh, I, but I will say, you know, I, I don't know what the match is going to be like in the ring. I think it'll be at least good. But from the perspective of where are they going with this, I think this match is probably the one that I'm most interested in for WrestleMania. Yeah, I like to see them, uh, you know, do the blood in this match at WrestleMania. I really like to see that. Um, uh, they started with blood. They should they should have blood in their match at, at WrestleMania. Yeah, so, okay, are you talking capsules? Or are you talking what are they? What are they? doing these days? I don't know. Maybe some maybe some hard way. No, no. Okay, uh, here, here, here here's a question. We we know that the internet or people who are going to have an issue with blood like can they get away with God, becky people really have cutting a, people really have an issue with blood stuff. well i mean just from the perspective of you know it's okay for cody rhodes to do it right he's a son of dusty Rhodes, and he's a dude but can a woman in 2020 i i would assume so if we're playing this game of you know the everybody is is equal and and women's wrestling and and men's wrestling but it seems like they, if you're, let's say you're, uh, I don't know, one of their big advertisers, if Becky, you know, slices herself a little bit too much, or if Shayna slices herself a little bit too much and, and the blood is just kind of going overboard, would you be happy with that if you're if you're an advertiser? That's a good question. Um, but I think it'd be fine. I think, I don't know, maybe this is old school or something like that. Like, ah, it's just, you know, it's blood. I mean, what, what have, uh, I'm, I'm, this, I'm sure this has happened, but can you recall a women's match in which a wrestler cut herself during the match to, to show blood? Well, Japan for sure, you know. Well, I've never seen old matches in Japan with, you know, Akira Hokuto and Bonacano and whatnot. Like, yeah, they've done that in Japan before. So I'm trying to think of you in the U.S. I don't really remember anything in the U.S. So oh God, my, it's probably forgetting right now. But yeah, yeah, no, I haven't. But I mean, I mean, why not? It started with blood. Let's, let's have some blood in it. I'm, I'm okay and, with and, it. And that's what, and you know, I am wondering that as well is at what, at what uh, lengths will they go to to do what they want to do with this program? But I, I just feel like if they do blood, it's going to be capsule, which is fine. Like I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not going to be like ah, you know, it wasn't real blood. Thus, I'm 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 not into it. But uh, but I'm sure some, you know some people will say that. But I, I'm fine with it. I just I just wonder, you know, if 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 they would even think about about doing that. I mean, I'm sure Becky, her, you know, she seems to be. And Shayna, like they, they both seem to be really like old souls when it comes to this stuff. I'm sure they'd be, they'd be really interested in doing it if they could do it properly. But obviously, neither has done that before, right? So they, so who would be the one to do that for the referee? Yeah, I guess so. Referee, um, that's probably the next best bet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if any WWE referees have been uh, 
trained in that. So it's an old, it's an old art for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I just think there should be some kind of blood in this match. That's all. Okay. So, uh, moving on to talking about NXT. If, uh, if I asked you, what was your favorite match since Sunday? Would it have been on this show? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. So this is going to be our segment for the bet online. Dot ag ding ding. I've got a music sheet hit. I think <laughs> match of the week. Okay, so uh, we'll use this opportunity for for the bet online ag match of the week and betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code Blue Wire, all in one word, B L U E W I R E, for a fifty percent welcome bonus. Okay, so. Let's talk about this show a little bit, and and I do want to get your thoughts on you know what you thought was the best match, um, and I, I guess the thing that I threw out there earlier was, from a wrestling standpoint, where does this rank as far as greatest WWE shows ever? Ah oh, man, it's so hard because there's been a lot of great ones, and and you know some shows just be, are just special to your heart, no matter you know. They they have all these like great classic matches throughout the whole show, but you know you grew up watching them or you know some nostalgia feel to them. So I mean, I just in the most recent years, yeah, I think this is the best show I've seen in a very long time from WWE, and um, it was uh, a a treat to watch. It was every match delivered, and then some. Um, I thought it was a, a fantastic show. Hot crowd. I love that crowd in Portland. Go back to Portland again, um, and. My favorite match of the week and of that show, and it was tough to pick, man, because there's three of them that I really, really enjoyed. But I really enjoyed Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. I thought mm-hmm. I just thought it was such a classic match. The whole show was great, and I'll tell you why. It's how it's how it was laid out, mm-hmm. and you know, of course, final say is Triple H. He has final say on all the the layout, but you know, but I'm sure it's a, on a whole team effort. You know, not just Triple H. So I'm not gonna just give him the credit, but I should give the whole team credit because it was just everything was brilliant. You had the the first match of Keith Lee, two big men doing a bunch of big spots, and and you know, crowds going crazy, and like you had to follow it up with Tegan and Dakota in a hardcore match. So what do you do? You don't, you just don't you don't, you don't just walk out, get introduced and start the match. Now you have Dakota jump starter, keep the crowd going, keep that fire burning, boom boom boom. And you know, they're using plunder and gimmicks and all this kind of stuff. So here comes Johnny Gargano thinking about what they do, settle it down, work with chain wrestling, side headlocks, and you know, build up from there, you know, get the crowd down again to build them back up. And they had a, a classic professional match. Those guys are phenomenal. Finn Balor's on a, he's working on another level right now, in my opinion. And and a few of my friends have talked about this match, and we've all said the same thing. What made us love that match that just put a stamp on it, like that match is freaking great was the end after the pinfall where you have Finn Balor just sitting over Gargana with his hand in his face. And he's looking down at him. He's talking trash. Like, that's the good stuff. That's the stuff I, I just wish there'd be more of in wrestling instead of these guys just kind of going through the moves and doing it. Like, make me believe that this guy, you hate this guy and you want to beat him or you're happy you beat him. Like, I just love that. And that's why, that's that's what, put it over the top for me because i love the tag match i loved uh colin and champa um as well but um 
that's what really put it over that that Finn Balor moment of him just grabbing Gargano by the throat and looking down at him after he got that victory just cemented it as a great classic wrestling match and um, you know it's probably gonna be a while for those guys to hook up again but gosh man I can't wait they do it again okay can I tell you the one problem I had with this match and it didn't have anything to do with um, anything other than the fact that I'm watching this match and this is the thought that crossed my mind, which was, you know what? I should want Johnny Gargano as the baby face to win this match. Like just the, the story that they're telling the, 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 um, you know, the, the viewer in me, the one who sympathizes and empathizes with the baby face should want Johnny Gargano to win this match. And I thought, well, why do why do I want to see Finn just really like just you know beat him up or whatever? And I came to the conclusion that I think the um, I think Johnny Gargano has exhausted sort of the baby the white meat baby face uh, style right now, mm-hmm. which was which I, I now I'm not saying that I'm like some genius or anything, but when he came out at the end of the Ciampa match and he turned heel, I was like, yes, because I was like waiting for something different from him. And in this match, when Finn Balor is, is, uh, is beating him up and I'm like, good, like I'm kind of tired of just this, you know, this, this sympathetic baby face, Johnny Gargano just gets beat up all the time. And the gives the glazed look and, you know, it's Finn's time. And then when, when Gargano comes out at the end of the, uh, the Ciampa match, I just felt sort of vindicated in that feeling. Now, the work was great. Finn is great. I hope Finn um, is going to do something big for WrestleMania. But there's one thing that you said that I thought was really interesting, which is how Finn ended that match and just that feeling that it gave you. But if we were rewind the tape about what, we're talking four months he was exactly what you were saying that we have too much in wrestling, which is just going through the motions. What flipped the switch for him? I think he saw himself on the main roster. And he saw an opportunity like, hey, you know, and with so many people here and, and he saw where he was on the totem pole, you know, always in a good spot, you know, always featured well, but nothing... He wanted to do something different. He need, he needed to show the WWE that he could be, hey, I can be more than just in the middle of this card. Um, and I think he took the opportunity to go to NXT because he could help them out. It's a win-win for everyone. It freshens Finn up. He can work on this character, rebuild his character. And in a year now or, or, or whatever, go back to the main, character, main roster as this new character, the Prince. And, and, you know, and NXT benefits from having one of their main roster guys on their show to add credibility, a guy that people love and respect. Right. So I think it's, it's just worked out great. I think that's what he wanted to do. I think it's his, his goals, you know, not, not just to be on top of NXT, but to go back and, and be uh, top of the main roster as a, a top heel there, you know, and become a bigger star on the main roster. So um, I'm curious to see how long, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he it's him and Cole soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems to be you know the direction that they're gonna go with. Um, heel heel, heel heel, or um, there's some interesting stuff coming up from what I when I'm what I'm feeling. So um, I don't know how 
Undisputed Era is may might be turning babyface. Well, I mean, if you look at the program with the dream, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's a glimpse into maybe possible, possible, possibly being that way. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I don't know, but I just have a feeling. I mean, that's why I'm feeling a little bit. I feel like, you know, this, you know, Gargano and Chompa are going to be busy doing their thing. Um, Finn, I don't feel his baby face. You know, I feel he's, I think he's his own thing, honestly. And he's just, he's, he's going to make a big announcement next week which I like that tease. Um, and we'll see what he says. I, I, I assume, I believe he's going to be gunning for Adam Cole and, and gosh, what a match that's going to be. We saw, we saw, remember we saw a couple weeks ago or a month ago yep. or two months ago now. Jeez. Um, and we talked about how, and I love that match they had, but it was such a great match because they only gave you a sample size of mm-hmm. it, you know? And like, you know, like, God, man, they're gonna kill it again, and it's gonna be even better. So, I hope it's at WrestleMania. Honestly, I hope that I hope that uh, it's on that big of a stage, or it's, or it could be their takeover uh, uh, Tampa as well. So, mm-hmm. all right, I just quickly I'll I'll give my match of the week, and I know a lot of people were kind of flustered at the end with the interference and the finish and all that, but I thought Ciampa and Cole had such great chemistry in their match. And, you know, 33 minutes was a long match. And and I know people, some people were like, ah, oh, it was too long. And I, I completely get it. But they were able to do all of those things. And look, there's, they were doing everything in the book, right? They were hitting every possible move and kicking out. And I get that. I get the, the, the frustration that some fans have with that. It's like, oh, if he kicks out of that, then what's next? I get it. But I thought that the, both guys were so good together that I didn't really care as much as I would have in, in a match that maybe I thought was too long or boring or whatever. Like for those 33 minutes... I was completely in it, and uh, and and you know, the finish had to be the finish. It, it makes sense after after the fact, uh, and and the interference. So you know, so be it. That you know that that's that that's just the story that they told. But in the ring, I thought that they were fantastic together, and it's it's almost a shame that that they won't wrestle again. And you know, they're both moving on to, to different programs. Yeah, but at at some point. Mm-hmm. You know they could come back to this and and just uh, I just I just thought I thought it was good stuff. What do you think people are so frustrated with the interference? To me, it it I wasn't bothered by it at all. It wasn't like they said that undisputed arrow was banned from ringside. Um, you know, I, I think I think it, it's like I think it's like well. The match is so good in the ring. The only thing that can ruin this is interference, and then and then the interference came. But like I think that's kind of what it is. We've seen great matches with the Four Horsemen interfering. We've seen stuff with Austin and uh, you know Vince's corporation. Um, you know I don't know. I I thought it was great. I thought it worked brilliantly. Honestly, I thought they 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 did a great job with Roddy's distracting the ref while you know Fish and O'Reilly are taking advantage on the outside. I thought the ref bump was freaking fantastic um um i usually see ref bumps coming ahead of time maybe i was just focusing on what roddy was doing because I, I did not see that one coming and that was really cool and then um i liked how they did the gargano uh turn i liked that Chompa wasn't an idiot like he it quickly recognized like 
this guy's not gonna he's you know he's gonna do something with it. he's gonna hit me with this belt and he starts like lunging at gargano and then gargano just nails him with the title belt i thought that was great you know i used to hate doing the 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 baby face is like what are you doing you know and then it's mm-hmm. but no champa was because you know he, he's booked smartly in my opinion and and you know he just like oh shoot god damn i gotta get him and boom gets hit i just thought that was great you know you know the other thing you know because you mentioned two two situations where heels could interfere one the four horsemen and the other you know vince mcmahon's corporation i think today there is so much uh there's there's so much on the in ring on the quality of the matches and less on the brawling and even the angles sometimes and so when you see such a good match where it's like near fall near fall near fall near fall like imagine interference or you know there there's there could be ref bumps but imagine flare steamboat and all of a sudden you know barry windham comes off the top rope with a flying clothesline and interrupts that match i think you know i think today because the in-ring is so important to the hardcore fans that when they do see a classic they almost don't want interference there because it's like oh it's gonna screw up you know it's gonna screw up what we're just watching I think you can have both. And, you know, I, I wasn't bothered with, with the interference in this match because I think we're, we're telling a, a bigger story, which is great, which is, you know, next takeover uh, Portland is not their biggest show of the year. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's going to be one at WrestleMania and then there's going to be one at SummerSlam. So I, I get it and I understand it, but I wasn't bothered in this situation. And, you know, so I think some of the part of part of the problem with wrestling is there's almost no finality to anything because once a show is over, it's like, oh, what's next? We're on to the next thing. This thing just keeps going and going and going. That's, that's pro so you don't really have that finality. And so I get it. But also, if you're a pro wrestling fan, you know that part as well. Yeah, especially you know United States pro wrestling, right? I mean, it's all about and they're they're a television product. They got a continuous story. Um, I was fine. The only thing I was really upset about that match, the main event, was the Canadians Destroyer or like what it is called now. Yeah, the, the, on the outside, the, yeah. Uh, the par- what the par- paradise? What is it called? I even, he calls it some kind of sun, something sunrise, right? Tequila sunrise. Yeah, 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 tequila, it's, yeah, it's something sunrise. You're right. You're right. Yeah, and then you know he you know he throws Champa back in, and Champa's like right to his feet, and he gets a DT. Like that that, that drove me freaking nuts. I'm like, wait, I mean, you know second. what that 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 was the new Japan cell though, right? It's like that you get hit with this big move, and you can fire up for something else. But even after you hit it, then you die because that I, was your last like momentum. I, I I was I felt similar to you. I mean, if it's in but the that's ring, what they, that's what they were copying. But also not a pile driver of especially on the floor. I, I just that that stuff I just can't. Don't I tell Cornette, man. I don't want Cornette to get mad. Why? Because don't tell him. So we we probably that. we would agree with this. <laughs> no, I know, but he's gonna like ridiculously go crazy on this. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see. But uh, um, but yeah, that's that's the only thing that really like the only thing I can like put a mark on that match about. But other than that, I thought it was I thought it was a phenomenal match as well. Okay, so there you have it. The BetOnline.ag match of the week. Remember to use the promo code. Promo code Blue Wire, all in one word, B L U E W I R E, for a 50% welcome bonus. Okay, so I asked you this question: Is it the best in-ring show ever? You know, some some of the best some of the best shows. I don't know if they consider this in-ring, but the two shows that I think sort of stand out as far as fans saying that these are the best shows ever: 
WrestleMania 17, obviously, the, uh, is supposedly the best WrestleMania of all time. And then there's that Canadian Stampede show, which is sort of like a takeover, right? Those in-your-house shows were sort of short, even though this takeover was, I think, three hours. But, you know, those were like short two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour pay-per-views. And that Canadian Stampede has always been like the uh, the one uh, of those takeovers, or I'm sorry, of those in-your-house in shows that was like the best one ever. And so I think from a wrestling standpoint, if you look at, the evolution of pro wrestling um, and and you don't hold uh, recency bias uh, against against the situation. I, I would definitely say it was the best in-ring WWE show of all time. But from the sort of the importance and like the pomp and circumstance and the news coming out of it, like I don't think anything can really touch WrestleMania 17 or even you know, WrestleMania three for that matter, as far as like how just big those shows felt. And so this is not on that level, but from an in-ring standpoint, there have been other takeovers that are probably right here with this show that I'm not thinking of. But if someone said that was the best in-ring WWE show I've ever seen, I don't think I could argue. I'd be like, yeah, I think you're probably right on that. Like, you know, wrestling has changed to the point of, again, like I said, you know, in-ring is so much more important today than than maybe it was uh, back in the day when, you know, maybe uh, uh, an angle or or a, a brawl was, you know, was kind of a, a, an important, more important thing, depending on who was the top star. But, man, uh, you know, I, I couldn't really complain about anything on this show. Even, you know, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, like I was more bothered with the interference in that match because I was like, oh, of the matches I want to see an actual winner in. And then they just decided to continue it, which I get as well. But, you know, that that was really the only qualm that I had on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had no problem with that one either because I could tell. I mean, I knew Dakota's winning this one. And, you know, because because uh, uh, Tegan has a win over Dakota already. That's why I was arguing a couple weeks ago that there should have been disqualification in that match because I thought it kind of left this result. I mean, maybe not to the average fan, but like, you know, like, like myself, who's, you know, kind of like, I kind of like, okay, you know, Tegan won one, now Dakota's going to win the takeover, and there's going to be a third one. And sure enough, that's what we're going to get. Um, I like that um, Reina Gonzalez or Raquel Gonzalez is, uh, you know, getting opportunities. It's nice to see some new uh, some new faces and, uh, in the developmental or performance center, just kind of getting her, her chance to shine. So that, that's cool. Yeah, I almost forgot who she was. Like, I was like, who is that? And then Isn't she Rudy Boy Gonzalez's I, daughter, right? Or, yeah, and yeah. then and then because she was in the May Young when we were, yes. you know, we, we've talked about the May Young a lot. But uh, when she was on the May Young, uh, I was like, oh, she, you know, she's kind of interesting, though I didn't necessarily have her earmarked for the main roster this quickly, but like, great like i mean if she can make it work for sure uh but she's like el gigante compared to all these other women on this show jeez well she's yeah so she's tall. She, the plan is i, I for what it seems like she's gonna be the diesel to dakota Shawn michaels right so and you know when it, you got dakota going against aria ripley in the future you know there's you know dakota's gonna have something right there next to her to kind of an, an equalizer mm-hmm when and Reina and uh, Reina, God, I want to keep calling Reina, but um, Raquel Gonzalez. So, so yeah, um, I think it's good. It's a good move. It's a good move for her, and uh, you could build stuff off of that. Babyface turn eventually, you know, a la Diesel Shaw Michaels, you know. So yeah, it, there's a lot, lot of stuff you go with that. I'm, I'm digging that. 
Okay, so let's talk about the Wednesday night shows, and let's start with NXT since we kind of just talked about Takeover. I will say, <coughs> excuse me, I will say that this more so reminded me of the old NXT shows after Takeover. Now there wasn't a ton of recap of Takeover, but it just felt like, okay, we're starting over with some stuff. We don't have uh, a lot of really. Uh, a lot of programs you can sink your teeth into. We're going to throw some guys out there. They're going to have some good matches, but nothing's really going to be of a ton of importance. And that's sort of what I felt on the NXT show. Um, but I think we'll lay out what I think are the are kind of the four important things. Um, Chiamp and Gargano, I think, as far as big picture, that's probably the biggest uh, the biggest thing that happened on the show. Um, Austin Theory who is going to have a match with Ciampa. I think it's next week. Mm -hmm. uh, he was out. Ciampa comes out. Ciampa is basically cutting his promo on why Gargano did what he did. And theories, you know, he's a young up and comer and he doesn't want his time taken away. So he's trying to, you know, come on, you know, what, what are we doing here? And, and Ciampa takes out his frustration on poor Austin Theory. And then, you know, I guess we're going to see what happens with Gargano. But uh, the, the story seems to be that this may be some sort of, I don't know, loser leaves town match or or I quit match or something to where something happens to the loser because he mentioned that he cannot exist in the same place as Johnny Gargano. Yeah, I got I got that feeling as well that they're going to build some some kind of loser leaves town or loser leaves NXT. Winner gets a bay raise on the main roster, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I got that too as well. Um, I I I didn't like the booking of Austin Theory here. But when, you know, right away I said, okay, they're going to probably do a match next week. That's just going to happen. But I'm holding out my issues with it because I I'm, I want to see what they're going to do next week with Austin Theory. I think from what I understand is that they're really high on that kid and mm -hmm. they have big plans for that kid. So I think, I think there's a there's a method to this madness and, and maybe I'm not agree how they did it, but we'll, we'll see what happens next week. And I, I mean, I, doesn't it seem like he's going to get squashed next week though? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I, I thought it was interesting because when, when, when the show was over, I thought about it and I enjoyed, you know, the show as a whole, um, there are some issues and we're going to talk about that soon. Um, but you know, I, I got the same feeling like you, they're setting up some new stuff going forward, leading up to the next takeover in Tampa. Um, but I was like, man, maybe they should have capitalized on Gargano right mm -hmm. here. Uh, an explanation or an interview or some kind of teasing of that, or maybe he doesn't do it or maybe he did, but Chompa comes and chases him off. I don't know. Is this something to kind of keep that, momentum that that major story thread that they just ended it on sunday yeah kind of come back with it but i i maybe they wanted to kind of like you know you got this fire lit let's let it go down a little bit and boom like do something big next week and, and i don't know i i i don't i thought they should have kind of kept it going but like I, you know at least we see with nxt they they have a a well thought out plan with a lot of this stuff and um I, i'm i'm so i'm just holding out you know before i start getting crazy on them <laughs> i'm holding out because I, I i have a feeling they have some pretty cool plan okay so you just said that they have a well thought out plan and i sure hope so because i am so confused with the dream against <laughs> roderick strong and what they're doing 
because I, you know, my my thought was okay. The, I, I want to see what happens. I'm not going to really like be hard on this until I know what's going on. But after this match, which maybe one of the lesser Roddy Strong matches that we've seen on NXT, but I, I still don't understand what's going on. I, you know, I it's it's a bit confusing if you're looking at it as a babyface uh, heel right uh, scenario. But I think possibly the theory, the thinking is behind this this feud, this program is we're going to make it personal to where it's kind of you know blurs the lines of you know and it's not about baby and heel it's about two men who have an issue and it's your it's up to you as an audience to choose right I, I think that's what they're going for you know you know which side are you on are you inside the guy talking trash about the guy's wife and kid which i tend to because i was a married man you know <laughs> and then father mm-hmm. like i kind of side with roddy um, or are you like the type that's, you know, such a dream fan that you're, you know, you want to see him get revenge for being taken out for five months. Um, this match wasn't the best. It wasn't horrible, but you could tell dream was very rusty. His mm-hmm. timing was off. Roddy is a freak when it comes to, uh, cardio and match pace and, you could tell that, you know, Dream was just a step behind and yeah. it, it got really kind of cluttery right in that middle there. I mean, at one point, you know, Roddy's popping up, feeding him for, you know, for his punches and Dream's like winding up and Roddy's coming so fast. So they just had, they just had just, it was just, I could, I could, I could just sense <laughs> Roddy is very frustrated this match. Um, uh, he looked uh, like he was just, you know, not having the best of time, but he's trying, you know, but he was such a professional. He's trying to make it work. And, it, it wasn't as bad. At, it didn't turn out to be as bad. I thought, like, oh, shoot, this is not going good. But, you know, I don't know. It, did it leave me wanting more? Uh, I don't think so. But let's see. Maybe they can kind of get together next time they hook up. I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. I think there's going to be some kind of a stip match or what whatnot going to be coming down the pike here. Uh, okay, so the other thing that I found to be uh, pretty pretty good stuff or pretty important on this show, Jordan Devlin beats Leo Rush in what was the opener. I think I saw a clipped version of this match because I think the version that I saw was like, I don't know, it was definitely less than 10 minutes. And then I saw the actual match was like 17 minutes well, or something like that. Hulu probably just jumps through the commercial break, right? They don't, Probably. Yeah, so there was right, I mean, right off the bat, there's... Um, you know, they do their little thing and quick, some, some stuff in the beginning, some fast paced action and they go right to commercial. And there was some cool stuff in that commercial break. Well, they, I mean, what, what I, what I saw as a shorter version of the match, I really liked. Yeah, no, no, it was good. It was really good. Um, Devlin is uh, another guy that's, you know, he's putting it all together, man. He's, he's, a, he's like really into his character. You can tell he's passionate about it. And, you know, Leo, you know, God, NXT, you know, Triple H is smart, man. Like, hey, let's let's pull you away from the main roster stuff and let's let's use take advantage of your strengths and and uh, bring you over here. I think that was a, a smart move by the the game and and um I think Leo is better off for it. So uh, yeah, it was no, it was it was uh really good. I'm sure you missed um did they did you get the Bianca Blair promo? No, did not. That was interesting because she kind of 
jumped in in the middle of a match between uh, yeah, Chelsea yeah. Green and um, Caden Carter. Caden Carter. It was it was different though. It was different. Like they did something like that, but it just kind of looked kind of goofy. Um, so we're probably going to see her in Charlotte at some point, right? Yes, I believe that's going to be on NXT TV. It's natural, right? Like right when Charlotte showed up at Takeover and took out Rhea, then also like got her revenge on Bianca for her involvement in you know you know pancaking her at the the the. NXT previously before the the takeover show, I right away I'm like, oh man, they're gonna they gotta do a match between those two, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's uh, I'm glad. I was like wondering, I'm like, oh, are they gonna do it this this, this following week? Like right, right when they're gonna after takeover, they're gonna jump right to it. But I'm glad they're letting it they're letting it build. I I like that. I like there's there's no need to rush. You know, I know there's there's competition with AEW and all that, and you know, there's that part of it. But like, but. Like there's no need to rush the stories. Let's let's let these stories breathe and build and I'm digging it. Okay, so it looks like they're gonna do Keith Lee and Dijakovic again, even though on takeover it seemed like that was gonna be the last match. Now, I could watch these guys wrestle forever, so I I I don't care. I I, I wanna see them wrestle again. But there was some weird like finality in their takeover match and then Based on NXT, it looks like they're gonna rekindle their program at least for a TV match. Yes, or I mean, yeah, we can see that maybe um, maybe so, someone will break the party up. I guess maybe that could happen. I mean, I mean, I think this is gonna splinter off to something. I would love to just build to a tag team match with Doc Jack and Keith Lee versus Riddle and Pete Dunne as like just a barn burner of a main event. Honestly, I would like to see that kind of happen. Um, but man, I gotta talk about my boy Kona Reeves, dude. Why are they doing him dirty like that? I know that was a little rough. I mean, happy he's getting TV time, but shoot, I know that guy. I was talking about this today, and I, he, he, dude, he has something, man. Like he has that. He has that that ability to make. You know, he gets, you know, I've seen him do promos, and of course, they're very, you know, obviously produced. You know, like everyone is these days, cause, but like he's does a great job as promos. He, I believe what he's saying. It doesn't feel like he's memorizing a script. Um, his work is great. He has a great look, man. I just don't, I just don't want to see him in that kind of spot. I just, I, you know, I just uh, give me him, give me him, give me him on the coconut <laughs> loop. Let me take him around. Let me work with this character. Cause I, I think this, I think he's has Randy Orton potential. Honestly, I'm going to say that that's how, that's how high I am on that guy. And he's only what? 24. Jesus. All right, before we get to AEW, anything else? I know the Bruiserweights, or I'm sorry, the Broserweights won a match um, against Oni Lorcan and Denny Birch. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it was, it was a good match, but they, it, there was nothing sort of coming out of that match that was super interesting. Just, uh, you know, getting those guys on TV after the big win and get them, give them opponents that are going to have a really solid match with, a, good, a solid win. Um, I like, did you did see the Grizzly Young Veterans and um, they did they did that was not on the Hulu version, but I know I, I read the recap about that. Raul Mendoza and uh, uh, DJZ or I forget what they call him now, but uh, Joaquin Phoenix or not Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Wild. That's Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> That's someone else. Um, um, I we talked about it. Remember you said how are they going to keep these NXT guys involved? Yeah. and and here you go. You know, and uh, and they and the week you don't watch NXT UK, but the last week's episode the grizzled young veterans Zach Gibson you know the talk of the team cut a hell of a promo about not just NXT UK but being number one tag team in the world and I thought oh that's just great stuff so 
happy to see him on the USA roster as well. So it's, it should add some uh, some depth to that great tag team division. All right, we're now going to take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all things sports. March Madness, the Masters, Major League, opening days are right around the corner. Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The best part is when you sign up, you receive a 50% welcome bonus. The Wilder Fury rematch goes down this Saturday night. We can't think of a better way to wager on the fight than doing it with actual free money. So head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy. And if you're already into betting, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, AEW time, Dynamite. They put a lot of stuff out there. And so before we even get to the show in of itself, the, the thing that I've kind of been wondering and uh, and I and I've mentioned it on our fight uh, on our Facebook uh, page, Facebook group for for the fight game podcast is when you have so many matches that are what I would consider marquee on a TV show. Does that hurt the pay per view buys for uh, their next pay per view show? Because uh, we're only two, you know, we're now I guess we're going to be a week and a half out. Uh, and the go-home is next week. But this show had so many matches that were pay-per-view worthy that uh, I wonder if, you know, people watching the TV go, what, you know, why would I pay for the pay-per-view when I see all these, you know, really great matches that I want to see on TV? And I get it. You know, the TV is really where they make their money. Like, that's that that's who they need. That, that's, that's the audience they need to serve. Great. But then you also sell a pay-per-view. I just wonder, you know, are the are the buys going to be up from the last one or because they're doing, you know, really strong matches on TV, are the buys just going to be pretty even because of that? Wait, in this in this in this case, um I I would think fans this will just whet the appetite for more. Um, they've done an excellent job this last two weeks with this television show, building up this pay-per-view. Um, the matches that they're building to on those pay-per-views are big matches. Like, you know, people are just dynasty Moxley and Jericho. They're they dynasty Cody and MJF, of course. Um, the Bucks and you know, Omega and Page is a big tag match for them. Um, you know, and then, you know, even, uh, you know, uh, Hager and Dustin, you know, has mm-hmm. some steam behind it. And even Darby, I'm sure Darby and, uh, and, uh, um, Sammy, Sammy are going to be added. So they've done a hell of a job building to this pay-per-view. So I would hope that people aren't just going to pass it up for, because I, I would, I would, I'm hope I'm, I, I, and I'm hoping, and I believe that they're definitely going to do a better buy rate than they did the last show. So, okay. So let me ask this question in a different way. So, uh, Sunday night uh, is is the next pay per view. No, Saturday night, right? Saturday, yep, twenty ninth. Saturday night. That is a day for for you and I to where we have family stuff going on during the day. 
you know, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out our schedules, you know, we're talking to the ladies and saying, you know, okay, at five o'clock at this point, we're going to go watch the show. And, and, you know, that, that's just kind of, kind of the deal. Would you rather have that show Thursday or are you actually looking forward to have a second night of AEW that you kind of have to break up your schedule to watch because it is a pay-per-view. It should be a, a really good show. But is is that or, or you know, do you kind of want like, ah, it'd be kind of nice if this was on Thursday and didn't really ruin my rhythm of watching wrestling? Um, no, 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 no. Because this matches. This is a big show. Um, um, and that's what uh, I should look forward to the big shows. And that, like I said, AEW's done an excellent job with this one building. Uh, this is the biggest. I mean, other than maybe the first one to see how they're going to do. Um, I, I'm really, I'm more excited about this one because they've really done a great job building uh, the programs up and. No, it feels like a big show, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Yeah, you know, I, for for me, I am too. But I know that I'm on, you know, more of the hardcore side, and and part of the pay per view stuff for us is just us getting all together and stuff. But I do wonder, from a casual perspective, if you're a casual fan and you watch AEW, let's say two out of the four weeks, are you buying that pay per view, or are you just like, ah, I'll just see what happens because the shows are so good that that is a question that i'm sure will be answered at some point but i think that's just something that i'm wondering i think the issue is always is going to be the price of the pay-per-view like because you know wwe has made it to where you know ten dollars is the price of a pay-per-view now right and will will someone be like who is that casual two out of the four week viewer be like i i won't pay 60 bucks i'll just wait till the follow-up episode right of the pay-per-view or I mean, I'm not this savvy, but everyone else seems to be finding these links that are mm-hmm. for free streams. Like, you know, I'm scared to click anything. So, like, little knows. I mean, people find stuff all, you know, all day. I'm not gonna name names, but we know a kid, and uh, he's always seems pretty good <laughs> at finding stuff. And um, yeah, so I, I mean, I I think that hurts a lot of the buys than anything. Is that you yeah. know, PS sixty bucks? Like, oh shoot, I could probably find that on a stream somewhere and some crazy site that i don't want to click on sure all right let, let's get into this stuff so uh in the main event cody beats wardlow does a moonsault off the top of the cage My was this the is this the old like uh thunderdome cage like what what, what was the thunderdome cage because when i saw this cage i was like that's what it reminded me of um I, yeah, they had a different look to this cage especially with the um the corners i thought that looked cool yeah um it was high up but not like there wasn't a lot of room for anything on the outside which is great I, i'm not a big fan of like you know room on the outside i like every, I think the cage is supposed to bring people together not only protect mm-hmm. from outside interference but also make you fight right like that's why mm-hmm. i used to love the old w wec cage right smaller mm-hmm. cage and more action um more you know less room to run you can, and and um I thought it looked cool. It looked really cool. They they made their their cage unique to them, and I I I, I applaud them for that. It was great stuff. Um, I thought the matches was good. I I wanted a little more viciousness. You know, I'm, I'm a. I mean, I think of like just you know more of maybe more grinding of the face in the cage and the blood and and or just or just standing over someone just punching them in the in the head and making them bleed a little more. You know, or that you know that illusion of that. But I yeah, know, you they're, know they're on network I, TV. And they probably don't want to go too far with it. But well, and, and the other thing is that we'd never we've never seen Wardlow on their TV. I've actually never seen him before ever. So this is the first time me seeing. I, him I've seen I you know when they signed him, I I checked on old stuff out. But you know he's green. He's um, he's 
very, you know, he's, you know, he, but yeah, I thought he did really well. I think, but you know, they, they laid it out match perfect and Cody did a great job with him. And I was very satisfied with it. I, you know, I, I just want a little, the little vicious factor to kind of step up big. Cause I, you know, at, at no point that I like, I want maybe some more shots of MJF being overly confident, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. I think they could add some, well, I mean, they, they, they kind of beat him up a little bit, dude. Okay. Were you pissed about that too? So I was I I, I was frustrated. I, I I the first time when when Arn slaps the cage in his face, like I was like, okay, like I get it. That was kind of funny. It should be more. You know, if that if that spot leads to the end of matches, like MJF should should be knocked out rather than just you know just mm-hmm. take this humorous thing. But it was the second time when Arn threw him over the barricade that I was really bothered. It wasn't not as much the first time, but the second time. And and, and the argument that I was given was, uh, you know, he, he's got to get his. He's been he's been uh, over Cody a lot of times. I was like, no, that's what the match is for. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You know, so. Well, uh, he should have never been thrown in that pool. It's just, <laughs> that was, you know, let's start from there. Let's go back there. That was horrible. And, and I, I thought the whole opening the door of the cage to tease this moment, if Arn's going to turn, just wasn't uh, wasn't needed. It wasn't. Um, there's no tease of it. There's nothing, there's nothing to build to when he's going to do this. Just something that should happen down the line with Arn. You could tease. Not here. Just keep the door closed. Keep it between Wardlow and Cody. Let him get past this. And But other than that, but I still thought the match was was, was, was pretty good. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, John Moxley beats Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb's first appearance on AEW TV, which also sets the stage for the return of Darby Allen and Jeff Cobb waiting to attack Darby Allen after he attacks people with skateboards. <laughs> um, but just what did you think of the whole thing? You know, because we both talked about this before the show, which is I wonder what they're going to do. Like, I would hate to see Jeff lose, but he loses in a way that protected. he probably, yeah, he, he's protected and it, and it doesn't hurt him. And he still looks like a monster. Though at the end, it, I was actually surprised because at the end, it wasn't um, the inner circle standing tall over Moxley. It was actually Darby Allen standing tall. Uh, so I, th- I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, no, that was it was cool. Um, uh, the match was, was good. It was good. Um, I was, if I was going to be critical of the match, I would, I would say I would like to see, just like Warlow, Jeff be a little more vicious. Mm-hmm. I think there was a, a perfect opportunity when Jericho and Sammy and Hager were at ringside with their ticket. Jericho, wasn't Jericho fantastic in this segment here? Like that he's, smile? Yeah. He's, always, he's, he's, always, he's got that down pat. Like he, he wakes up out of bed and he's like just perfect. Just the cheesiness of that heel cheesy smile. Like we got a ticket. We're here to see this guy get slaughtered. Like, like I think there should have a moment where Jeff throws him to the outside and he goes right up to where, you know, has mocks right up to where Jericho's sitting, just like fish hooks his mouth and tears at him. And, and Jericho's could just talk trash. You know, I want to say, I wish there was something like that. It was like a, they had a wrestling match, you know, mm-hmm. um, Jeff was aggressive still. He, you know, he, he did, but like, you know, but he did like his moves and stuff and then, which is, mm-hmm. which is fine for a good wrestling match, but you know, he's a bounty hunter, right? He's an hired assassin. And I would like to say some more attempt at injuring the guy than, wanting to win the match per se. So, but you know, like, so, so tell me, tell, tell me this, you, you would know about this more than I would. 
and and I think this is you know comparable to what we were talking about the Wardlow. Wardlow, first time audience is seeing him. Jeff Cobb, at least for AEW, first time audience is seeing them. So if they just went sort of like vicious bounty hunter, like you're saying, didn't really do anything spectacular. They're not really giving the audience anything to remember them by. Um, you know, Wardlow did did some pretty athletic stuff for for his size, and he's an impressive guy. It it didn't really fit necessarily in, in what the story was, but I, I I just thought to the in the back of my mind was like, okay, this guy wants to. This guy sees everybody getting over, and he's like, "Oh, I have to kind of get over myself too at the same time." Mm-hmm. But so I don't, I don't really blame him for that. But similarly with Jeff, like if, like maybe some of those athletic stuff was just literally so that Jr. could gush over him and help him get over in that match. Well, well first we'll circle back to Warlow, like him doing the swan off the top. Like, cool, he can do it, right? Awesome but not the match for it, right, in my opinion. Um, this is where you're supposed to be smashing and, and, and beating the hell out of this guy, right? Um, same with Cobb, um, but you got to, both these guys, Cobb and Wardor, are very inexperienced in this type of match. Um, they are only experienced in having their matches, like they have on, you know, the big suplexes and the big moves, the kicking out of big moves. Like he has that all the time, right? He's, you know, he's the, uh, a big match guy like that. But when it comes to like some storytelling and, um, you know, it's, you gotta, you gotta go with the story, not with just what you do sometimes. And that, and I see that that's what one thing that frustrates about wrestling in general. I think, you know, like, you know, he can still do the T-bone suplexes or, or whatnot and all his all the German suplexes, but there has to be some time when you turn up the character. You're a, like I said, you're an assassin, so there's you should, you know, bend him like a bow and arrow against a ring post or choke him on the guardrail or pick it up in a press slam and drop him on the guardrail, you know. And then you can throw in stuff, you know, as well, your German suplex and whatnot, but just kind of do stuff that's a little more vicious than just, you know, being, uh, you know, a suplex machine. So, uh, I think that's, it's just an experience. And then also the producer, in my opinion, failing to capitalize on that kind of storytelling for the match. Like I said, like that, I mean, they're at ringside, like use them, like use, Mm -hmm. get mock, get Moxley in his face where Moxley, where Jericho is like chucking popcorn at Moxley being a total dick. Well, you know, stuff like that. What I I thought was, you know, Jeff is not the type of, of heel to let's say just throw Moxley and then kind of like laugh and chuckle and just be like, this is, this is easy work, right? Someone like, something like a Brock Lesnar would do. And I almost felt like Jericho was there so that he could do that stuff for Jeff, which maybe is not in Jeff's character today, and that he'll eventually grow into doing something like that. But Jeff was like really like just serious. He's there to just beat Moxley and to pin him. But what did you think of the spot where Jeff pulls him up at two and Jericho goes, oh, you know, him and him and Sammy are kind of going like, oh, like we didn't know that that was going to happen. You know, I, I thought it was interesting but also at the same time um it's kind of like dumb heel stuff you know at the same time 
uh, it's funny. I, I, t- I took it differently. I took it that, you know, they're like, oh man, he's going to keep getting this beating. You know, he's going to keep beating him. Cause that's, you know, Jericho, I think he even said like, it's not about winning the match. He, you know, yeah. Jeff Cobb is there to, to uh, prevent Moxley from being a hundred percent going into their championship match. And, and um, yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was a perfect reaction by Jericho and Sammy too. Sammy is such a great, Great little heel with the Jericho. That's that's <laughs> one of my highlights of AEW for sure. Um, I thought you were, I thought you were gonna say that. Why is he out there after he just got his ass kicked in the segment before? Who Sammy? Oh yeah, yeah. He got his the freaking yeah. That nose just destroyed in that. God, like that was one of the coolest super kicks of all time. I would think right up there with mm-hmm. Sean and Shelton Benjamin. You know, same yeah, same spot. Um, yeah, but. You know, like for me, if it was me producing this match and, you know, I would kind of, you know, I wouldn't have Jeff Cobb be the chuckling heel Brock Lesnar kind of type. I would say, you know, be serious, don't smile, but, you know, do your moves between your moves, like grind on him, get him in there, get him a hold and just like sugar hold or something like that. Get him something mm-hmm. that looks painful and, and make him fight for the ropes and, you know, like a fish hook him. You know, give him a shot in the ribs, like stuff like that. Like, you know, uh, turn on that part of the story. Like, cause like you said, you're here to hurt him. And I know suplexes are part of your game. And, but like, you know, between the suplexes, just add some extra, some extra sugar on that, uh, on that cake. All right. So the other big moment on this show is uh, Paige and Kenny Omega beat the Lucha Brothers in a, Match that a lot of people thought was one of the better matches in AEW history, and knowing your <laughs> love of of lucha libre, I was kind of wondering. I, I mean, I assume that you had tons of issues with this match, but I thought, from a spectacle standpoint of like just action, 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 I was entertained throughout. I mean, you, there, there's holes in in that style. Um, but also advancing the storyline with the Young Bucks. I really like that. But I, I, I just, in the back of my mind, I'm like thinking John's not liking this match as much as I am. I mean, no, probably not. But I I just kind of like, I feel like I've seen these matches on every week on AEW now. And, um, you know, a lot of moves and, you know, there's, I don't know. It's just, it's not my style at all. And I wasn't even, the worst part of the match, I think I even tweeted it out or it was when, uh, Penta hits his Canadian destroyer on Omega and the referee sells it. Like he's stumbling. He holds his head and stumbling to the side. Like, like he got hit with the Canadian destroyer. <laughs> oh, that Bryce Ginsburg, man, he's like the worst. And, um, you're going to get heat for that one again. I mean, come on! This is like <laughs> you didn't know his name. You're gonna get. I know his name. He didn't get the sarcasm when I was calling him Mark Ginsburg. <laughs> but like, come on, man! Like, you're not the star of the show. Like, and, and I want, I want, I want to say that I'm not making fun of the person who called that out. I appreciate the fact that no, it's cool uh, and that he that he's listening and and he can have an opinion that is different from from yours or from mine. I, the fact that that he tweeted at us is 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 what I thought was really cool. But yeah, I mean, like it was it was fine. I I I liked uh, Bucks versus <laughs> versus uh, Butcher the Blade better than this match, but that's just styles, I think. So, um, but you know, people love it. There's fans love it. This is their that's the King Omega they want to see, and 
Penta and Phoenix, that's what they do, you know? So it's, it's, it's fine. I just get like numb to that kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, it's different. And I know you're like, well, what about the Gargano cool match? But there's a lot of selling and a lot of, a lot of stops and starts. It's not just boom, 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 you know? And, uh, um, I, you know, I, I don't mind a lot of moves. I just, I just want to feel like it's hurting these guys, you know? Uh, our, uh, the great Oliver Cop had an interesting idea on the what happens during the story. You know, I think a lot of people are waiting for for um, Paige to turn on Kenny or for them to to break up in some in some way. But he said, you know, what if in this tug of war of Kenny Omega's uh, heart, it's actually the Bucks who turn heel and and who uh, who, who are the cause of, of the friction. And you know, we we, we talked about this earlier. In in the beginning of AEW, you know, when the Bucks were kind of portraying themselves maybe as not the the big fan favorites, we both thought that that was the wrong thing to do. They need they needed to be the, the you know the, the they needed to get over on TV themselves in, in a way that they could. But what about now? What what about now? What would you think of if the the next advancement of this story is that the Bucks heal up on uh, Omega and Page and and win the titles at the pay per view? I don't know if I dig that at all, but Oliver knows. So, <laughs> um, no, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like, I like the bucks as baby faces, you know, I do, I do too. Cause I think they're just more natural at it, but at some point to do it, to shock them, should do kind of like it, a, it would, it would be like a swerve, right? It would be yeah, something yeah, that you yeah. don't see coming. Um, and I, and I don't know if the, if, if they have laid enough groundwork to, to get there, but, do you expect something to happen at the next pay-per-view with these these teams facing off against each other? And is it an it will it be an advancement in that story or will we see a turn or what like what do you expect how how you know, how, how would you see this 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 go go through? I feel you can stretch this out a little longer. So I I'm ex- I I believe the the revolution was called, right? Um, pay-per-view it's going to be a continuing the storyline and some teasing and I mean it'll be a, a, a big moment but I think it's just going to add you know continue on with their program and um, but babyface heel young bucks not right now 2022 maybe or 21 late 21 I can see something like that they need to change things up but uh, I think uh, they need to be babyface especially this first full calendar year of AEW mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anything else on this show? Those were the three main points, but there was other stuff going on. Not a lot of it was as, was as good as, as what happened, at least storyline wise. Um, you know, it looks like they're building Chris Statlander against Nyla Rose. Not necessarily something that I want to see, but Hey, you know, they, they have to, they have to move forward on, on other things as as well. But, uh, anything else that, that you wanted to bring up? Yeah. That Statlander Shauna match was pretty pretty blah um, you know I, w- I will admit i will admit so i um I, I mentioned i usually watch these shows uh, at least aew with big dave and then i watch nxt the next morning and i was i was recording the interview with uh, robert silva and i pushed my aw time back and then i didn't get to watch the whole show so there were points in that show that i was actually kind of skipping through and so I will admit being a bad fan and I did fast forward through a lot of Statlander, the Statlander match just to get to kind of what, you know, to kind of speed it up so I could get through the rest of the show. But there was a great moment in the match is when uh, <laughs> Jim Ross 
decides to go, hey, look, can someone explain to me this being from a drama thing? And uh-huh. and then, uh, like, I think Tony kind of chimes in a little bit, but and then uh, Britt Baker was doing um, uh, color as well on it. But the the best part is with it's so Excalibur's like, oh, she, you know, she, you know, crash landed in Airway 51. And Jerome's and like, no, okay, never mind, never mind. Okay. <laughs> he's like, he's like, and Excalibur's like, you asked a question, you know, it, but it was like done in a way where it was, it was pretty, pretty funny. I, I, I thought that was hilarious. Excalibur fell for the banana in the tailpipe. JR set him up. Yeah, JR did. So he loves to set up JR. Um, I think Brittany's best at this segment doing just this color, uh, uh, color, you know, heel stuff. I think she's she's pretty entertaining. Um, I thought the tag team battle royal surprised me. Um, overall, I thought that was uh, I wasn't expecting too much of that match, but I, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked the idea that um, I've seen. I don't think I've, I was thinking about this too. I don't think I've ever booked a tag team battle royal. I don't remember. Um, I'm sure someone, maybe Marcus, will correct me, but uh, <laughs> um. If I did, I'd probably do the same exact thing they did when it came to tag team battle royal. I, I never liked when tag team battle royals like one partner would go out and the other guy had to leave. Is like awkward? Yeah, like, hey, yeah. you have to get I out agree. now. Your partner's out. So well, I, I mean, because it's harder to book, right? You have to like, you have to be a little bit more intricate when when only one partner gets kicked out. Yeah, it's always that. Just like the awkward moment of the of the opponent, the uh, partner that didn't get thrown over top of it has to leave. It just looks goofy. Um, so I would have done the same thing. I like the idea of like one partner's out, but you're, you still got one chance to win this thing. And yeah, you know, I know it's not like tag team wrestling. So it has to be like, you know, two guys out. I'm not of that. I, I, I like that part. I think it added to, I mean, I knew what was going on, right. It just kind of felt the the finish of it. And, um, um I thought they pulled off really well. I thought that was, uh, it, it came off really good. And, um, yeah, you know, AEW's <laughs> his last couple weeks have been really good. I really think it has a lot to do with the scaling back on the Dark Order stuff and obviously taking out the Nightmare Collector stuff, which is always was like, you know, going on the freeway. Like you're just whipping, oh, I got to get to the, I got to get to the, where I need to go like in five minutes and you get on that freeway and you're like, things are going good. You're like, yeah. And then boom, traffic. You know, that's what I felt like the Nightmare Collective was like right in the middle of the show, just traffic. And then now that that's gone, we're just been kind of smooth sailing down, down the interstate. So um, uh, let's keep that up. Well, I think they got a lot of feedback on those shows, not saying who they took the feedback from, but I mean, I'm sure they heard a lot of collective voices about what people thought weren't working and what people thought were working. Mm -hmm. And I think they've really tightened up the show as well. Like the show moves so well that when I'm, when, when I'm watching even live, cause you know, when you, when, when you're watching live, sometimes when you don't have the ability to fast forward when you when you want to, it you it almost like time stands still sometimes. And you watch that show, and I'm like, okay, like this thing moves to the point of where they are trying to make sure that you're not going to change to NXT, but also just the rhythm of the repetition of putting together a TV show. They've done it now. You don't know how many times uh, they've done it now, but you're just going to always get better at that yeah. as you do it more and more and more and more and more. So, you know, kudos to them for, for, you know, being able to do that and, 
you know, hopefully it feels like they've, they've really hit a sweet spot, but look, you know, this is, this is a, a long game. And, you know, we, we talked about earlier in this show, there's no end. Like you just keep going. Keep so, going. That, I mean, that's why, you know, Vince McMahon, uh, very famously, uh, the story is like every WrestleMania, like he's just like, what happens after the end of WrestleMania? Oh, we got a show tomorrow. So I can't really yeah. like celebrate anything. Right. And so. what's after revolution is that double nothing? I think so. And that's in Memorial Weekend. That's in uh, Vegas, uh, 23rd or something like that. I will be, I will actually be at that show live. I have, I have, uh, I have bought a ticket and I'm going to fly out there. So that'll be fun. Cool. So yeah, so it'll be fun to see like um, coming out of this pay-per-view, how they continue this momentum of great shows. Right. Cause I think right now, you know, when you, when you have a, a a goal in sight, be in the pay-per-view, you kind of, really tighten up your stuff leading into the pay-per-view. I mean, that's what should be done that way. And I think you're really dialed in on everything. You want to make sure everything's hitting peaks at the right time to go into that pay-per-view. So I think in it, when it's, you don't have that coming up, yeah, it's interesting to see during those weeks where like, you know, the March, March might be an interesting week for AEW when it comes to their quality TV. Cause you know, we'll see how they can keep that going on them at the March with, with, you know, I know at the end, I thought, well, that's, that's, basically what three months away now yep you know which is yep. cool i like that i like the fact that there's you know a lot of space between pay-per-views and stuff so yeah i mean you're not going to be able to do a show where you have like three huge programs like you did on this show this show really felt like um like a mini clash of the champions to me because they mm-hmm. had so much important stuff booked and you know even next week going into the into the go home they still have the omega and Pac uh grudge match of iron grudge man match. yeah <laughs> i know i know that's a head scratcher well you know it's the the other thing that's head scratching about that show is you're basically telling your fan base that the match is going to be 30 minutes so mm-hmm. if they want to see what's going on on the other show they know exactly when to turn back yeah i've only seen like, like a handful of iron man matches that are actually good most time you're just they're either you know because you know they're you know the time limit right so um it's kind of makes things but you know they're they're both really good so we'll we'll see what they can do i'm sure i'm sure the fans are going to love it and and um, I'm sure they're going to work hard. I just, I just don't, I just think this is a waste of time because I think let's focus on Paige and Omega and that situation, the Bucks, and let's, let's have Puck, Puck, Pack do something else until all this. And I don't know. It just, to me, it just seems like a, a weird story, you know, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's something storyline related that will play into it, but. Also, you know, Kenny hasn't really had a, a lot of opportunities to to have singles matches and and to be Kenny Omega, that the one that the one that we saw in New Japan. And this is, you know, probably from a singles standpoint, um, this is going to be one of his better opponents. So, you know, if the goal is to have a great match, uh, you know, they'll probably have it. And and with with Pack. Kenny's not going to be able to do a lot of the lucha stuff that he does with these other guys, and it'll be probably more of a of, of a kind of match that that is uh, you know what we would see in in New Japan or something. So. Oh, and you know what too has been nice. There's been no Joey Janela stuff too, right? Look at that. Like so, a lot of stuff to just keep it off and put on dark, which is fine for me because I don't watch dark. Mm-hmm. So I think that's no, why. I, yeah, no Sabian and Janela at all. Yeah, they. I guess they do. I saw the result. They do like some kind of a Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, um, on this week's dark or coming up this Tuesday's dark. Um, so, 
but yeah, keep that over there. That's fine with me. And I, you know, keep your best talents on the main show, which is nice. But it's also, they also got to take advantage of this coming the month of March and April to kind of also fill this, you know, also introduce some guys because they, you know, Cody even talked about it in your interview um, with him and Dave's interview with him that it's a challenge there for two hours to find spots for everyone in the roster. And, yep. and um, I, I definitely understand that. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, we are done a little bit early. Actually, not that early. Still, good ninety minutes on this show, but no, no flare uh, segment this week, as we mentioned. So, uh, so yeah, we are done for this week, and we will be back next week. Um, yeah, just check out Fight Game Media. We're we're doing some pretty good stuff on there. I know that John is interested in writing some more stuff. So, uh, at some point, he'll he'll I want, have something new up there. I want more from Justin. I yeah, love that article with the just, Justin's Justin's in a, on a roll right now. Yeah, if he can just, I, I really that that was like a fun, fun, fun read, and I I really recommend that article and and you and it's cool because about a match and you get to watch that match after you read the article. So absolutely uh, check it out. All right, so for John, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.